0: The Prep Sports Weekly Podcast is your official podcast and home for exclusive interviews and conversations with administrators, coaches, student-athletes, and more
1: of the St. Joe's Prep Athletic Department.
0: It is another episode and a fresh installment of the Prep Sports Weekly Podcast with Leuzzi and Volucci on this Friday, December 18th of twenty twenty. We are back after a brief hiatus following the Thanksgiving holiday. Coach, this week, Coach is even back with us this week. As always, I'm your host, John Luzzi, coming to you not from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but from my home here in Mount Laurel, New Jersey, as I am back from the Midwest. So, Coach, it is great to have you back on. How are you doing?
1: Doing well, John. Good to have you uh, back east, and uh, it's good to get me back on the show. I know I've been been on a longer hiatus than the show has, so uh, it's good that you allowed me back on.
0: Hey, we gotta we we were doing this together and you know we during this time you gotta lean on each other and that's what we've done here. We've had this great co-host, uh Dan Abington Jimmy Stinsman coming in and today uh I, I wanna we like love to, the shout out. I, I know he is, and I've I made that purposely there for you, Stinson. You <laughs> know you're gonna be listening. Uh we we finished on this top uh, podcast list for of twenty twenty by the way too so <laughs> I like that. But we want to start off uh, by congratulating uh, Tim Roken and the rest of Prep Football on winning another PIAA state championship title. Their third consecutive. In fact, we hope to have some members of the Hawks on the podcast in the coming weeks. But Coach, we have a great show in store as we hope this show gives some clarity to what is going in the world going on. In the world of prep athletics, the PCL, and winter sports during a what has been a very challenging time in COVID in sports.
1: Yeah, I guess we uh, we got hit with it last week at the end of the week uh, with, the, with the shutdown until January, and I know um, winter sports are were kind of getting ready to get started. I think they were due to start in the beginning of January, and now that may get pushed back a little bit more. And I think you know we're all kind of. Wondering at this point, we went through the fall season, Um, you know, they got some games in, they didn't get a full schedule in, but anything was better than nothing. And, um, you know, I think going forward, I think we're kind of, everyone's kind of curious about how winter is going to take place, you know, being that all those sports are indoors and then Mm -hmm. looking forward to the spring and seeing, you know, what's going to happen there. Um, You know, so, you know, Dan's coming on, you know, and hopefully he'll give us some good answers and some insight on, you know, what to look forward to in the next few months.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You'll hear it on in the interview that I did uh, earlier this week with Prep Athletic Director Dan D. Berdinas. But as you mentioned, Coach, uh, for fall sports, even if you played one game in the season, I think it was a victory for both teams because it, would, it was just an, a distraction from everything going on inside, out, in, during the outside world. And they were able to go onto their respective playing fields and just do what they love doing.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I could speak on the baseball side of things. We we played a few games in the, in the fall, um, not many, just, you know, in October when we were able to get some guys together and we, uh, you know, we went out and played a few games. Um, and it was just great to be back around them. I mean, you know, after, you know, not being around them in the spring after the shutdown and then through the summer and, you know, back in the fall. So I think for our fall teams, you know, it was great because I know there was a lot of uncertainty um, heading into that and then, you know, kind of, got you know throwed a couple curveballs in in august when you know the uh, pcl said that they weren't going to participate this year and then they ended up retracting that and coming back um so it's just a lot of you know going back and forth and um you know it's just it's it's been you know crazy crazy year and uh, so any time they were able to get on the field was a bonus so you know i know um you know if i probably speak for coach roken that you know six games wasn't enough but hey it was it you know, a normal year it's not enough but for this year you know you'll take it and you know ending in a state championship i mean that's that's a phenomenal job by that team i mean they they, they really took care of business in in a in a tough year um with you know, the, the practicing you know and not being able to, to to have contact in the city and all that stuff and then we'll get into that you know with 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 dan but um mm-hmm. you know it, it's anything was better than nothing this fall and that that's got to be the motto kind of going forward.
0: Absolutely. We change our direction to our spotlight segment and the topic for this week, uh, update of what's going on in winter sports. Uh, earlier this week, I caught up with the preps athletic director, Dan D. Berdinas. Here is my pre-recorded interview with the AD. We are now joined by St. Joe's prep athletic director, Dan D. Berdinas. Dan, thanks for taking the time to come on.
2: Anytime, John. I'm really happy to be with, uh, be back with you guys. It's great to have you back on. Over
0: the course of this, I'm going to be asking some and talking about updates about the athletic department and yourself, recapping fall sports a little bit, and then even talking about winter sports as what they might look like at the prep with the seasons coming along. So let's just get started right away. You are now seven or so months into your role as AD at the prep. How has the last several months been with the transition, getting down to work, and just handling everything logistically uh, in a challenging time that we're experiencing?
2: Yeah, um, the prep's a great place, man. I've, I have a strong uh, team, a strong support system in place here. Um, everyone's willing to help. So uh, in that in that instance, I'm lucky. Obviously, you know, 2020 has been a crazy year. Um, it's it's made me kind of uh, you know change away or alter um, how you know I like to go about things as far as uh, planning and such. But uh, I'm I'm blessed to have you know a strong support system at the school that you know cares about the athletic program and wants it to, you know, be the best it can for our student athletes. So, uh, yeah, uh, the biggest challenge has been, you know, um, just not being able to prepare that far down the line because things change daily. Um, so, you know, just kind of being, you know, being a chameleon and being able to adapt and, and coming in every day and just, you know, taking that challenge, but but staying positive along the way, and, and not getting too high, not getting too low, and just you know finding a way to you know put out um, the best possible uh, product for our for our young men.
0: You certainly have been we've I've been able to see from afar the great job that you guys have been handling it, and. One of those things is, as everyone knows, the early months of fall sports were like a roller coaster in a way with um, the logistics of going back and forth between different conferences, potentials, and different plans. What was that like steering the, the ship uh, with the prep? Because it was a hectic time, and we didn't know what was going to be the plan for fall
2: sports. Yeah, there was days where I didn't know if the season would continue, um, and there was days where, you know, I was very optimistic. We could get a bunch of games in. So, like I said, I had to figure out how to kind of stay in the middle and not get too low, not get too high. But uh, yeah, it was definitely a roller coaster. We we were up and down. Um, but in the end, you know, uh, we like I said, we had a strong support staff. Um, we we re, you know we relied on alumni to help us figure out. You know talk about logistics and, and safety mm-hmm. and continue to implement and, and enhance our protocols to make sure that we were doing it as safe as possible. Um, we had a few school, uh, shutdowns and mainly because of uh, contact tracing. So we're in the city of Philadelphia where, uh, the, the regulations are much stricter than the surrounding areas, surrounding suburbs. So if, you know, we, we didn't really have any, uh, kids on our sports team but if a kid in school got it it basically shut down for you know every teacher and that teacher so it could shut down if we had three kids have it in school our school or basically we'd have 15 teachers out and then we were we weren't able to to go ahead and then that would cause the school to go on pause for a quarantine period and during that we weren't allowing activities and athletics to continue so we did you know navigate through a few of those. Um, but thankfully, you know, through our protocols, through the school, through our athletics, we didn't have any, you know, spreading in the school. Um, so it was, it was a safe environment and, uh, we were able to push through. So we got in six football games, um, seven soccer games, um, four cross country matches and had a couple of young men run at States. And, uh, we had, uh, five golf matches and a couple of young men, uh, make it to States. So, um, if you asked me in August, I would have been happy with those moments. Um, <laughs> yes. Trying to get that out. Anytime you're able to get at
0: least a game in, I think it, it was a, it would be a victory for the department and the teams itself during this time. And when one speaks about the Philadelphia Catholic League, one common word is family. That was the case for you guys experiencing this year as schools like Cardinal O'Hara and LaSalle offered their fields to compete at um, because of the city limits on their restrictions. What was that like, just experiencing that family environment from other schools? Because you might compete against them on the field, but outside of that competition, you're all brothers and you're all family.
2: For sure. And, uh, you know, we're blessed um, to have a family like we do in the Philadelphia Catholic League to have that type of camaraderie and brotherhood. And, you know, I was lucky enough to be a part of it before, so I really think that helped uh, myself and the prep during this time to navigate because, you know, we had these relationships already established and built um, to lean back on in a time of need. But LaSalle and uh, Carol even um, and, the, and O'Hara for sure were, were huge. Um, and, and us having a season without those schools, we wouldn't have been able to compete. Mm-hmm. Uh, we needed home fields. We had to get outside the city when we wanted to do full contact. Um, we had to host, you know, a state playoff game uh, for football. Um, So things like that of that nature was was very important, Um, and and they came through in in space for us. So, you know, um, knowing that you have that, it it makes you feel, you know, really uh, good about yourself. And like I said, uh, it it just, you know, it shows how special the Catholic League is outside of the competition and outside of all the talent it brings in, that we truly care about each other, and we truly care about the league and not just the individual school um, that we're at.
0: Looking back at this fall sports season, what is the biggest takeaway for you in your position that you can take to the remaining sports seasons in terms of how to handle a sport during a pandemic, considering there was no playbook to fall back to in August when you guys were planning everything out?
2: Yeah, so to have multiple scenarios, right, so I I started thinking five scenarios down the line, right, so to really brainstorm with the athletic department and think of, okay, well, if this happens, right. A, um, if we're allowed to practice, but not compete, all right, what does it look like? All right, let's just figure out how we can get where we can play our games and, and look at, let's look at other teams schedules to see when they're playing and see if we can fit in our games. Um, B to say, all right, well, we may need a couple of days a week. Um, or right, we're out of school this air time. And it just basically, um, you know, just really thinking outside the box. Like you said, there's no playbook. So to get creative, to, to fall back on your resources and relationships like we did um, and continue to be great guests, right? Because I don't see the city being back to, you know, quote-unquote normal um, until hopefully, probably the spring. So, again, we're going to have to rely on these relationships and uh, to continue another season. So, you know, being creative, being respectful, being great guests, and, uh, you know, just bodying what the prep Really is about, and uh, you know, taking that with us everywhere we go because we're going to be nomads again uh, coming up in this winter season.
0: Now, moving into that winter sports season on December 11th, Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf announced in his new COVID restrictions that all extracurricular activities within the state were and entered a three week pause period for the holidays. What were your initial reactions to that when the news came out from the PIAA? And were you expecting that this trend to happen? as the holiday
2: seasons were coming around the corner? Yeah, we we, we kind of knew there was, uh, you know, we, we had to, we heard some rumbling. So as a league, we met on uh, the first Friday of uh, of December. I believe it was the 4th or 5th. And uh, we voted as a league to push back the start date to January 9th. So we were already ahead of, before that announcement came out, uh, we, we kind of met as a league and just said, hey, this is where we're at. The problem with the winter sports is if this January, you know, first restrictions or January fourth that are currently in place for the city of Philadelphia, we were able to condition in the spring, so we only had to leave the city two days a week um, for for those other acti- activities. Right now, under these guidelines, we're not allowed to condition. So the logistical problem would be: okay, how do we how do we get a few practices and end games in? Right. So that would be another. Uh, I'm confident we'll figure it out. Um, It's just more logistical. And I don't know if we'll be able to get five practices and four practices in a week. However, like you mentioned earlier, one game is better than none. So to push through and to be able to offer these kids a season, regardless of what it looks like, is my goal. I want them to be able to compete and play the sport that they love in the safest possible way in accordance with all the regulations out there. But you know, uh, it's not going to be their normal season, right? So Uh, to get through that. So there's a lot of things on the table. Um, We will have a winter sports season. To what extent? I don't know. It could get pushed back to the spring. That's potential. Um, It could just get delayed a little bit more. It all depends on the next few weeks and what these regulations and uh, guidelines moving forward look like. Obviously we're very happy about uh, the new, the vaccines and and the potential to have a full spring season. And uh, I think it's very important because, you know, they didn't have a season at all last year. So to give them, a full season is very important to me uh, for kids who compete in that, in that,
1: uh,
2: during that season. So we'll push through and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for what, what it's going to be, but also, you know, the, remembering the lessons I've learned through the fall and uh, to stay even keel, not get too high and not get too low and just, you know, run with the punches. And I want to go off of that a little bit. I
0: didn't know about the conditioning within the city. So that's important for everyone to know. Based off of that, what do prep winter sports look like right now um, remotely? Are they allowed to do conditioning at home via Zoom call? Because I do know the basketball team did that in the summertime.
2: Yep, we've encouraged all our uh, winter coaches when that news came down to, to link up via Zoom, link up virtually. Uh, we linked them up with a couple trainers who did some all season stuff or during the season stuff for our soccer program and football mm-hmm. training. So, you know, we're giving them these tools and resources to really uh, to succeed while we're, you know, to make the best of this virtual situation. So um, they're having Zoom meetings, they're doing stuff, they're getting conditioning work sent to their homes for them to operate. The prep as a school is offering, you know, on these community periods, fitness type of activities that I run a couple of days a week and, you know, other part people of our athletic department. So. We're giving these young men the opportunity to really uh, to stay in shape, to stay ready for when that season is there and to ready to go with that.
0: What kind of schedule can we expect for these winter sports within the PCL based off of that meeting you had? Will it just be a conference schedule to limit the smaller teams uh, or, or will non-conference be allowed uh, during this time? Or is it too soon to call that?
2: Uh, as of now, we're, look, we're shooting to have a league schedule um, with maybe like two scrimmage dates in there. Um, so, uh, potentially a few non league scrimmages, but, uh, basically the popular thing is around our area is not to have non to have, not have a non league. Mm-hmm. So even if we wanted to, there wouldn't be really anyone to play right now. Um, for that, um, Jersey is not allowed to leave their county or state. And a lot of our surrounding districts are doing the same. So we're just going to kind of focus on our league, um, try to put a schedule together and, uh, go from there. And unlike fall sports,
0: winter sports, as you know, have an additional challenge when it comes to space and COVID, and that is being played indoors. What is the plan in terms of these sports and for practicing indoors? Will there be limits for people allowed um, to at practice at games? And how will there be even like schedules of that?
2: Yeah, well, I don't see spectators really being allowed in. Um, we'll go. We'll stream again, like much like mm-hmm. we did throughout the fall, which has been, you know, been a nice tool for our school and, uh, you know, for our community to watch these games. Uh, obviously everyone would love to be there, but uh, being indoors is even bigger of a challenge. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're lucky enough to have the field house, which is very spacious and mm-hmm. we can really spread out. But, again, it all depends on what the latest regulations are going to be. Pre that Philadelphia shutdown, which was right before Thanksgiving, um, you were allowed to, you know, have a certain amount of people. We were doing conditioning drills inside. Um, we were, you know, three to a basket. So we had to, you know, we were breaking it down, spaced out, mask on um, things like that. So we, we got a couple of weeks of that in for workouts for anyone. The problem was too many kids were signing up, right? Everyone wanted to do it. So we had to cap it at, you know, 20 kids, even though our gym's humongous, we were mm-hmm. capping it at certain numbers. So, you know, figuring that out how to, so we really weren't letting freshmen come in because we were just doing returning players. Basically you to have a structure with it because if not, we would have had a couple hundred people sign up and we didn't have, you know, going along with these guidelines, it wasn't allowed. So, um, navigating that's going to be tough and keeping kids in interest. Like because freshmen want to come in and they want to, you know, be involved in everything and they're new and they're trying to figure their way out. But that's a challenge for us right now. So, uh, ideally, I'm going to offer some type of strong program for them in the spring once these uh, regulations loosen a little bit to make sure we're getting everyone that, you know, wants to be involved, have an opportunity to be involved. In your position, I think you have a unique advantage to you because –
0: The prep is inside the city. There's a lot of colleges around there who are experiencing games right now at the basketball level, men's and women's. Have you been able to learn and seeing stuff on TV of these games of how they're conducting a basketball game, for example? Because you do mention how big the field house is. Everybody knows how big it is. But at the same time, these basketball arenas are known to be big as well, but they're making them much smaller in order to put the safety of their student athletes and coaches at the most high priority.
2: Yeah, so, I, you know, I've reached out to Temple. I've talked to a uh, friend, Dunphy, who's the AD now, mm-hmm. once of the basketball coach, and, you know, just kind of figured out how they were operating through all this because, you know, these colleges have been able to go. They obviously get shut down. We've seen it with Temple and St. Joe's.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But what they have that we don't is a larger budget to test. They're testing basically every single day, every mm-hmm. kid. So that's the loophole from the city. They say, okay, if you're going to test every day and you have the means – and the protocols to do that will allow you to play games and practice. We don't have the means right now to test 40 kids every single day. Mm-hmm. Cause right now the rapid test, which you would need to get back right away, they're about $70. They're not covered by insurance. So, you know, 70 times 40 times how many days you're practicing um, becomes very expensive, very quickly. So, that's how the college and pro teams have been able to do it, but they've also took, We've also brainstormed with them with protocols and you know how they're doing practice and how they're splitting kids up and everything like that. So uh, we've implemented a lot of what we've learned from the colleges into our plan. But like I said, we don't have the budget that they have to be able to really run like they are right now.
0: What are the resources that you're providing uh, coaches and players during this time in order to make sure that their mental health? Is it's safe and, and strong because as for, as somebody who's covering college athletics uh, at the college level, these coaches and players are talking about how important it is to make sure that their mental their mental health is the their, their most it's their biggest victory at the end of the day during this time. What are the resources Prep Athletics is giving student athletes and coaches?
2: Well, one just letting them know that we're here for them, right? And we continue to echo that message that we're here. We're a support tool. We're a resource. We're here for them. We want them to utilize us. We have a sports psychologist that works with the six, which we work with us and who's in our weekly meetings, Dr. Joe Fisher, who's been a great resource to us. And he's open to our coaches. Any coach has, uh, you know, has the ability to set up in time and talk with him mm-hmm. uh, same with our student athletes. So to have someone of his, his stature as a part of our athletic team is invaluable. Um, we also put our coaches through each coach before their season starts. There's a, there's a course called coaching during COVID. Just basically gives them a lot of insight on how to deal with their players, how to work through this, what it looks like, you know, how to work within these guidelines. This gives a lot of information on what to expect, right? Which is important, and that's through uh, NFHS, NFHS, um, um, and you know, basically just you know being around, being accessible to them during this you know transition and this uncharted territory that we're in, um, for them to know that they can rely uh, rely and. and you know come to us on anything so that's kind of been our message um giving them as many resources as we can and just you know continuing to support them in every possible way rightfully
0: so a lot of people have been asking themselves why college athletics are happening during a pandemic because after all it is just games how has the prep handled that in the best interest of and best interests of health uh, and safety of their student athletes and coaches take advantage of this opportunity. Cause it is, an, it is an opportunity to just go out and play the game that they're in love. Yeah. Um,
2: well, we, we, we've done, we talked to a lot of our student athletes. We talked to a lot of our teachers, like you said, it's a, it's a big mental health part uh, piece. We, we understand that these kids are so passionate and love they played these sports their entire life and mm-hmm. it's extremely trying here. So, to take that away as well. um, We think is, is, you know, very uh, can be dangerous for them. Right. So we're giving, we're providing it. We're not providing the same type of program it was, but we're providing as safe as possible. Um, Obviously there's risk, but we believe that the, you know, the rewards for their development as a person, as an individual um, are, you know, greater than that risk. uh, As long as we're doing it, in co- uh, coexistence with all the protocols mm-hmm. that are out there and our guidelines that we've created um, for them. So, yeah, it, it was tough because you, you get both people are going to be on either side of it, right? That's uh, why you're doing it. It's dangerous. And people are going to be like, no, we want to play. Mm-hmm. We're okay with it. So you, you're going to get both sides, and you're not going to be able to please everybody. That's just part of it. But understanding that it's deeper than just a game and that it helps them in so many ways in it. You know, as a student-athlete in high school, it helped me grow. It helped me build characteristics and give me tools to succeed in life. And I don't want to, you know, cheat anyone out of that or not be able to give that to students during this time. I think it's now more important than ever, right, to have someone to talk to, whether it be virtually or anything, to have that brotherhood during this time is very important. So, again, we do in the safest possible way. We follow every possible protocol there is. And we have our own, which are even stricter than what has been passed down to us um, through uh, the city guidelines and and the country's guidelines. But uh, yeah, we, we just, we realized the importance of it and what it does outside of just winning and losing games. That's a great answer. And
0: you're right in that regard of how high school sports is able to give lessons for future for these student athletes. And the prep obviously has given that to a lot of them, and, and it's a chance for them to just let everything that's going on in this world just forget about for a few hours or so when they compete. So it's important for that, and it goes back to that mental health part as well. I think we've talked enough in regards to maybe some sad and some hard stuff to talk about. So let's finish this up on a higher note, and it might this might be one of your favorite prep memories, uh, I assume, since you joined the prep in, in June, and that is on – on Saturday, November 28th, Prep Football won its third consecutive PIAA 6A state championship title against Central York. What was it like for you to experience your first state championship game and win as athletic director at the Prep?
2: Yeah, it was special, man. It's was a very special group. Um, Coach Rogan does a phenomenal job with these young men and the rest of our coaching staff. They do a great job with these boys. And, uh, you know, I was blown away by all there are student athletes in the fall, the characteristics show up, right. I mean, I know they were earning to play, but man, we were all over the place. Right. And to show up every day, traveling sometimes multiple hours to get a practice in, or the time slots we were getting were at the evening hours or at 6am, right. The ability of these young men to show up and their perseverance through all this, it, it blew me away. So, uh, no, special during a crazy year like this to, to, to get some a reward like that. Um, it's a big deal. They fought hard, man. They worked hard and, and I was just happy to be a part of helping them figure this out this year. This team was, you know, known as one of the greatest football teams the city of Philadelphia has ever seen. Mm-hmm. The greatest St. Joe's prep's ever seen. And, and they proved it, man. I mean, they, they were extremely talented, but like I said, Extremely hardworking. Talent works, right? But you got to be hardworking because we played some teams that were hungry, right? That, you know, had talent, but, you know, you got to work hard. And our boys did that. Our coaching staff did that. And, uh, yeah, man, it was a great experience. I've experienced some basketball, state championships, never football. So it was nice to be a part of that. Um, but, yeah, it was special. And uh, and I'm proud to just say, you know, that I'm involved in this school and, you know, part of this uh, department after a big win like that. I think that's a perfect note to end this on. Thanks for so much taking the
0: time, Dan, and happy holidays. Yeah, hey, you too, brother. Good seeing you, man. Hope all's well. Yeah. Uh, so, Coach, the interview just finished up with Dan, and obviously, as everybody knows by now, uh, with the, how long we're in on our podcast, this is our discussion segment, and I'm really interested to see and hear your coaching perspective here on how you prep for a sport in a COVID time, and there's a lot to talk about uh, in that interview, uh, that what, and the stuff that Dan talks about. So your first, first off, uh, you're just your takeaways, uh, that he wanted, he had to say,
1: uh, you know, I think there was a lot in there. Um, you know, I thought he spoke, you know, very well about the ups and downs of, um, you know, and the highs and lows that he's been going through over the last you know few months now, um, you know, and just trying to put myself in his shoes and I, I don't know how he's been able to handle it and just stay even keel um mm-hmm. you know dan is a pretty you know way back guy where he you know he, he takes all the information in that he can get and and then makes decisions and um, you know it just had to be tough on him over the last few months with just the you know you have your good day and then you know an hour later you think everything's going great and then something mm-hmm. comes up and now you you know you're running around trying to, to to do something different um you know the other thing that i really took away for is just the PCL, how, you know, all the schools really stick together um, with O'Hara and Carol and LaSalle uh, that he mentioned, just helping out with the football team. I know the football team was over at O'Hara a, a lot, um, you know, practicing and all. So I think that just shows the brotherhood in the league. As much as everyone's a rival of each other, um, we all, you know, look out for each other at the same time. That That's what makes it special. Um, so those were two, two of the biggest things that I – that I, you know, I, I, I took off of that and just, um, you know, how we're kind of just adapting on the fly as, as we go here.
0: Yeah, and I remember when we talked, uh, when we f- had the episode back about how fall sports were going to go and talking to him and, and all and even you, I remember saying to myself that there's no playbook for an AD or a coach or whatever to fall back on during here. And it was a roller coaster for a lot of these sports and and these teams and coaches and players and administrators who do the the behind-the-scenes work. Like you mentioned, you might have had a good few hours to start on a Tuesday, for example, and then you get a notice that you can't play because of restrictions inside the city or a team might have had contact tracing or all these little things that you didn't think were around before because they haven't been around. But in a pandemic, they are around. So it's, it's tough when the logistical standpoint of making sure games and you can't plan two weeks in advance, probably uh, in this kind of world right now. And that's what makes it difficult for administrators and coaches just to prep for a
1: game. No, Yeah. And then, you know, from a coach aspect of it, you know, you're always concerned with your guys when they, when they leave the field and you want to make sure that they're doing the proper mm-hmm. things, you know, in the school at home and all that. And, you know, now you have this other thing you've got to worry about where, you know, are they being safe? Are they being careful what they're doing away from us? Right. Like, you know, you, you don't want them to go into a situation where they could come in contact with someone who had COVID and maybe they test positive And now, mm-hmm. you know, your team is is forced to quarantine because, you, you know, one guy has it and he was around another 10 or 15, whatever it is. Um So it's 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 very difficult, and you know I could only um, I know I'm going to be in for it in a few months here once we our season gets started. But and we've had talks amongst our staff about you know what happens if if somebody tests positive in season and all that. But you know go through it, you know how football went through it and soccer and all the fall sports. um, You know it's just another added thing on top of what the coaches are ready. doing to get his team prepared and it's just that other worry now that you have to always have in the back of your mind you have to just keep reminding your guys like we have to be safe we have to be smart Mm -hmm. and um but all it takes is one slip up and you know look they're you know 15 16 17 18 year old kids and it it just it's it's hard um it's really hard so I can imagine that you know it was a very stressful and uh lots of nights of you know not sleeping too much for, (laughs) for the coaches
0: Yeah, I'm sure. And as everybody knows, uh, along with doing this podcast, I report back uh, for sports over at Marquette. And uh, when we arrived to campus in August, I asked one of the the women's soccer head coach of how do you make sure your team is going to be very disciplined uh, in terms of making sure you're in a concise bubble, a bubble, despite going to classes, in-person classes and walking around campus and all that kind of stuff. Because they weren't having a season. they were in prep. they were in preparation for a spring season. They say that you just have to trust them and you have to make sure that they know it inside their minds that they they're fighting to play for themselves. Yes, you, it's great to be around friends and all that, but you have to make sure that you're disciplined for your team because there's no I in team as cliche as that saying is. It, it's a team effort. and you can see that, at least from we ever seeing, through all the fall sports at the prep, they were able to buy into that as fortunately they didn't have any positive tests within the, within the, the sports uh, at the prep.
1: Yeah. And that, you know, that, all the athletes should be congratulated for that because it's a very yeah. tough thing to do right now. And um, you know, there, especially as a, as a, as a, teenager, you know, there, there's so many things that, you know, pull you in other directions. Um, so to stay focused and to, and, and to make sure that they were doing all the proper were taking all the proper precautions um, so that they could remain on the field so that their team could remain on the field um, you know that that's a job well done and I think that's you know not only by the players but the coaches because um, I know that they've spoken with their teams you know constantly about that and also our administration you know that they've um, put these protocols in place and guys have followed them. And, you know, we've been able to, to get our sports back as much as, you know, we could at this point. I think
0: we also have to like send some kind of congratulation, thanks to the prep athletic training department, because they have been, they've had to handle all the CDC guidelines and state guidelines and all this with the PCL and work with them in order to make sure that when game day comes that everybody is one safe and two healthy because for a football team, for example, sixty-five players is a lot uh, to make sure in order to do a game. Other sports like baseball, basketball, and soccer, lacrosse, even is a little bit smaller roster-wise. So you're not even you can you can maybe have some leeway of how to di- like break up on who's in charge of this person and who's in charge of that person. But I want to move into where I think is really important for. These winter sports, and this is where your perspective comes in, Coach. Last fall, last spring, when COVID started becoming more of a serious thing within the country, it was around March. As we know, you were, guys were on your way to Disney, and then you got the no- notice that you guys were going to shut down for two weeks. You guys weren't able to practice with each other. And then you maybe you co- come, maybe come back in the, the, after two weeks and you get the season going winter sports are going through that right now in this three week shutdown period. And they were gearing up for a season. What is, what do you say to those, the coaches and the athletes right now to make sure that they're continuing their work on the side, even if it's not being noticed by their coaches and their teammates, because a season is still around the corner at the moment for these athletes.
1: I I think one benefit that, um, The fall coaches had, and now the winter coaches um, was Zoom. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. now that um, you could do a lot of things virtually um, that we really—I don't know if we didn't know we could do before that—but it really, you know, put emphasis on doing it. You know, different things virtually. uh, You know, once COVID really took over, Um, for us in the spring, it was it was tough because, you know. In the beginning, like you said we thought we were just going to be done for two weeks and it was OK, well, you know, our guys, you know, we had great senior leadership. They got the whole team together. You know, they were doing four days a week um, that first week and um, they were practicing for, you know, three hours, a day, you know, during those four days as a group. Um totally you know scheduled on their own like we you know we gave them stuff to do on their own at home but they got together as a group and then once COVID really started even getting more serious um they they had to stop doing that and they were just preparing on their own but then as it kind of drug out um it became harder you know because you know for us last year we were a senior heavy group um a lot of them were not going on to play in college. So it's, you're trying to talk with them and help them through this and keep them focused. So that if we did get the green light to go back, um, that we were ready. So I think it's it's a little bit of a challenge for, for what the, the winter coaches. Um, but I do think that it works in their favor that the spring was canceled because I think all the athletes now realize that, like, that season got taken away from those kids. Mm-hmm. And, um, You know, seniors especially, a lot of them, it's their last shot at at that particular sport. Um, And, you know, so I think that, you know, guys are going to do a little bit more now than maybe they would have in the past because they realize that it's such a fragile thing that can kind of be taken away from them. And then, you know, you, you don't realize that you already played your last game. Um, hopefully that's not the case with with the winter sports, but I do think that you know these guys are going to focus a little bit harder so that they are prepared when they get the green light to go ahead.
0: I extend the resources uh, that they're given athletes and coaches. when that on um, the uncertainty, he mentioned Dr. Joel Fish. I know when you you you've used him uh, in the program itself uh, with prep sure. baseball. Um, and how important is it to use that kind of resource, but also from a coach's perspective? of making sure that you're there for your, for your student athletes, because yes, they might not be your kids per se, but you actually, tre- they become your kids because of you're building relationships. You're seeing them grow with it. And on the mental health standpoint um, during a time like this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's important for all coaches, especially the head coach to understand each individual on their team. You know, look, look, there's, there's certain guys that, um, you know, you know, you don't have to check in on every day because they're going to do whatever mm-hmm. is necessary at home to make sure they're ready. And um, there are other guys that you're going to have to stay on top of a little bit more. Um, you know, and th- that's just the way it is. So I, I think that you know, coaches. You know, for for one, I I, I feel for for Coach Harrigan. You know, he is in, taking over a program, mm-hmm. and you know, he's just getting to know these guys. Um, that's a, that's tough. Like I can only imagine how difficult yeah. that's been with him because he's trying to figure out, you know, what he has and who he can lean on and who he has to press a little bit more. Um, but you've only known him for a few months. You haven't had a season with them. You know, at least I had that, you know, we, we were here for a few years and we understood our guys and you know, who needed what, but um, you know, just being for, there for them, you know, helping them, you know, with anything that they're thinking of, because I know just when this shutdown happened, just talking with some of our baseball guys, like, we just started our winter stuff and, you know, it was like, here we go again type of it. You Mm know, And it was like, no, like, listen, we're going to, yes, we're shut down for a few weeks here, but like we can still prepare on our own. And because of that, when we do get the green light, like we're going to be ready to go and everyone's going to be prepared and, you know, in a good spot that we can continue our winter workouts and get ready for the spring. So, um, You know, it it, it is difficult because I do think that's in the back of guys' heads now that, you know, we could potentially be shut down longer than the Mm three-week period. And, you know, but I I do think the guys are going to just stay focused on, you know, being ready at all times. Quick follow-up there from the baseball perspective
0: of planning-wise. Obviously, I know the the situations as well as your manager and all. The month of December really gets the first team workouts going on. And then January is really where the pitchers start uh, gearing up. What is Prep Baseball doing right now in terms of making sure that they try to limit the amount of contact with each other, but also making sure you guys stay to somewhat of a normal routine in hopes of playing a season that starts at the the right time?
1: Well, as you know, most of the stuff that we always did was on site at the Prep. We did have our Saturday workouts down at the, at the at the Nell Center. Um, that was closed this year because of COVID. They weren't letting any new teams in. We were lucky. We found another facility that we just started working. We had our first workout there on the, on December fifth. Now, normally, we would include um, freshmen, you know, and we would have this obviously the sophomores, juniors, and seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, because of the restrictions on how many guys we could have at each workout, we only have the seniors the juniors and the sophomores um so we had you know we were under 25 which was the limit at the facility in each group and, you know we had you know about four guys at a cage at a time and everyone in mask all that stuff um you know to be safe you know pitchers and catchers that's scheduled to start the first uh, the second week in january um mm-hmm. and it you know right now it's kind of up in the air like we're hoping that we could because we have all of our mounds down at school, we're hoping that, you know, we could have maybe 15, 20 people space them out in the field house and, and go after basketball practice and on, on weekends. Um, but you know, if we have to go site, you know, that's something we're going to have to look into too. And we have, you know, some balls in the air there places we can go, but, um, it's difficult. Um, it, it's things are going to be adjusted. You know, I've had this conversation with my coaches, like it, it nothing's ever going to be set in stone this year. Like we're just mm-hmm. going to have to adapt to anything that gets thrown our way. And there's no reason to debate it, to fight it, whatever, you know, when a situation arises, we deal with it and we move forward. Like you have to just keep pushing forward because, you know, this isn't going to be easy, but you know, it is what it is. And we, we want to play this year and you just got to work through it. Cause you know, in the end you want to have that season.
0: The last thing I want to talk about myself here is a similar question to IX, Dan. A lot of people are asking themselves why high school athletics is happening during a pandemic because, after all, it's just games. Rightfully so that they're thinking this um, with the health and safety of their, their sons and daughters or friends and all that kind of stuff. How do you what – what is the response from a coach's perspective uh, to that in order – in regards to taking advantage of the opportunity – to just go out and play and try to not worry about what's going on in the world.
1: I mean, it's, it's obvious why you're going to have concern. I thought Dan, you know, said it well, you're going to have, it's like anything, right? You're going to have people on both sides of the coin. So you're going to have one group that's just going to say, no, we want to play push forward, keep playing, play, play, play. And then you're going to have another group um, that are going to be more hesitant towards that. You know, uh, I remember, you know, we went through that in the spring when we were, our trip was going to be on, but we weren't going to fly. There was people who were, you know, in our group that were a little leery of busing it to Florida. And then Mm -hmm. there was other ones that were like, we'll do whatever we have to to get there. Um, You know, and I think you're dealing with that now. You just have to be open and talk to your guys on your team and just say like, listen, if you're not comfortable. And I've had a couple of these conversations with guys in our program, where it's like, if you're not comfortable doing this, it's fine. Like there's, there's no, nothing to be ashamed of. You, You could stay away. And, that, and that's, that's your choice, um, whatever you think is in your best interest and in your family's best interest. And then there's other people who just want to, you know, push forward and, and keep playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you just have to deal with it on a case-by-case basis. And, you know, in the end, I, I think it's important that high school sports are played. Uh, you know, these are, you know, very formative years um, for these young men. And a lot of them. You know, we talk about this all the time. When you go back, you know, when you're having, you know, your reunions and all that Mm -hmm. stuff, the sports is what a lot of guys end up, you know, who played, end up getting with the group of guys and talking about, hey, you remember this junior year or this sophomore year, whatever it is. And those are the memories with them they carry forever. And it's it's Mm -hmm. important. Um, You know, I think it also helps build characters and build, you know, um, and build, you know, the, our men, you know, our young men into, into what they're going to be in the future. And, um, you know, I I think you can do it if, you know, and I think the prep has done a great job following all the CDC guidelines, implementing their own, um, rules too, that we could do it in a safe way. And I think we showed that in the fall, right. Um, you said it, there were no positive cases. Um, you know, so we can we can get through this. Um, it's It's a little bit more on everybody, and everyone's got to be accountable. But you know, I think it's for the benefit of all of our guys that they, they're able to you know participate in athletics.
0: Absolutely. And like Dan and you have said over time, pre- high school athletics is a pillar to creating character, and that lessons for young men for their future. And what they'll they'll be able to build off of those in their in their in the future of their own lives. Coach, any final thoughts before we wrap it up here on this episode?
1: No, you know, I mean, I just you know, I guess I thank everybody who's been listening over the last few months. It's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, happy holidays to everybody, and uh, you know, for the guys in, who are you know gearing up for their winter sports, you know, just stay patient, keep working because you're, you're going to get the opportunity when. When that comes, you'll be ready to go, and you know hopefully we'll get some, you know, follow up the fall with a good winter and a good spring year at the Prep.
0: Perfectly said there. So that's going to do it for us uh, on this episode of Prep Sports Weekly. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at sjprep underscore sports for the latest updates of the podcast, but also for the latest scores, stats of every Prep game, and updates about winter sports. Also, make sure to subscribe to the podcast at Prep Sports Weekly on Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, and Spotify. There will be no episode next week due to Christmas. We will return in two weeks from now for our last show of 2020. So for Anthony Vellucci, I am John Luzzi saying so long, and thank you for tuning in. We'll see, catch you next time on Prep Sports Weekly. Have a great night, happy holidays, and remember, the Hawks will never die.